and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaporst. With me is Vinny Tadaro, and we've got a Cowboys, the first Cowboys victory of 2021 to talk about. I keep saying uh, the first, first. First acknowledged victory. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the record books, the first victory of the 2021 season. Not without controversy, though, on some of those calls, but... Um, but yeah, they uh, beat the Chargers twenty to seventeen. So um, we'll talk a lot about that game. Some of our um, takeaways in terms of players, in terms of the team overall, and then we'll uh, get into the Philadelphia Eagles, our first divisional opponent of twenty twenty one. But uh, as always, we'll start off with a trivia question, and this week it is my turn asking the question. So, uh, this guy, he was a defensive end who the Cowboys drafted out of Grambling State in the third round. Let's start with that. Defensive end drafted out of Grambling State. Or, I'll, I'll, and this is kind of a hint in and of itself, but I'd say defensive lineman. Defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You always have these players that I know, but I can't remember. <laughs> um, Jesus. I know this one, but it's not going to It's not coming to me. Okay. Um, let's see. He, uh... So he made his only Pro Bowl his last year with the Cowboys. Oh, he made a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy when I hear this. Third round out of Grambling State. Uh, let's see. All right, this will be the last hint. He, his career spanned Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips, and Jason Garrett as a Cowboy. Actually, I got one more hint if you, if you don't get it after that. Say that again. His career spanned Parcells. Parcells through Garrett. I'll know it as soon as when you say right, it. I'll just, not, do you got any other hands? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you one more. He his um, final. He ended his career with the division rival Washington Football Team, formerly Jason Hatcher. Yeah. Jason Hatcher. Yep, you got it. Got it on the last one. That's that's it. Cool. I knew I I knew I would. You know, I knew it would be somebody familiar to me. I just couldn't come yeah. up with it. I uh, I forgot he, he came out of that school. That mm-hmm. was the problem. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he was a one-year, basically a one-year wonder for us. Yeah. He was he was yeah, all right really most of his career, but he was 
yeah, great that one year, which was ironically one of our worst overall defensive years. You compare yeah. last year uh, with some of the worst in recent memory, and that one's kind of the first that that I think about. Um, but so far, knock on wood, it, it doesn't seem like this year uh, certainly is not. It doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as last year. Um, so yeah, why don't you start? What, what were your overall impressions of the game? Um, you know, how, how does it, if at all, change your feelings about the team? Doesn't change my feelings about the team. It's too early in the season to know who they are. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, hats off to Dan Quinn for putting together a defense that can hold a good offense to 17 points. Yeah. That that would not have happened last year. And he's doing it without Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. That being said, I don't think... Randy Gregory, I don't think DeMarcus Lawrence is that important to this team. All right? I think DeMarcus Lawrence was a bad re-signing. I think he's an above-average player, and that's it. Uh, It's not worth the money he gets. He doesn't make nearly enough plays. He's invisible too often. Um, He puts up... He he shows up against lousy tackles. Um, They were better off yesterday with Micah Parsons rushing the passer. Much better off. Micah Parsons is already a better pass rusher than Demarcus Lawrence, um, and he's already better than Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory is a, is a zero okay. in my yeah. book. Mm-hmm. All right, but a second round a second round bust. Yeah, and the guy's been nothing but a pain in the ass. Okay, so Demarcus Lawrence is good against the run. Right. You know, that's what I, he's very good at setting the edge, um, but. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they played well without both of those guys. Uh, one guy that they cannot afford to lose. Two guys, there's two players they absolutely cannot afford to lose on defense. Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. And they were re- obviously recent draft picks. So I got to give uh, Dan Quinn credit for putting together a game plan, a scheme, and bringing in a couple of his players in uh, Casey, who I think's got two interceptions already, yep. and Keanu Neal. Now I understand, and, and J- Jalen Smith played more yesterday, and I think maybe Van Der Esch did too. I heard yep. Van Der Esch had a pretty good game. Okay, Smith led the team in tackles, but that might be kind of an empty statistic. But could, I know they were playing Micah Parsons more at defensive end. Uh, they had a, they had pretty decent ass rush, despite the fact that Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence weren't in there. That tells you something. Um, I think Chargers' line was a little beat up, but I don't think it was that beat up. Chargers have a good offense. They have yep. two or three talented wideouts. They have a court, really good quarterback, and uh, to hold them to 17 points uh, is impressive. And to have beaten Tom Brady last week is impressive, too, because there is no way no way any honest observer can watch that game and say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won that game. As much as I deride the Cowboys, and there's probably not a harsher critic in the nation, at least nobody who's a Cowboys fan, yeah. than me, okay? <laughs> they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
okay? If you don't want to go with the judgment call, the blatant pass interference that shoved Jordan Lewis almost into my living room, okay, then you have to look at Levante David and his unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which was a pure, pure, which is just a ridiculously missed call. All right. On the they, helmet. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one in one right now. Yeah. And we are undefeated. Dallas yeah. is undefeated right now. Um, I, I think that the the season is intriguing. Uh, so far, it looks like they're going to be better than I thought they were. Um, Gallup needs to get back in there. Yeah. Um, Lyle, Kyle, Taron Steele played well yesterday. And I watched the highlight. I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the highlight reel. And in the highlights, he looked better than Tyron Smith. I saw Tyron Smith get beat badly a couple times. Okay. Yeah. But you don't think so? Uh, no. No. Tyron uh, Smith did get beat badly. And, and it was an important play. But down to down, he was better than Terrence Steele. Um, but, you no, know, I'll say I this. Mean, you, you said Ty, you, Tyron Smith got beaten badly on him? Yeah, on, on a uh, forced fumble. The guy beat him pretty okay. quick, hit Dak, and, and forced a fumble. Okay. Um, but other than that, he was pretty locked down. And, and I will say, I've been saying, you know, we, I'm seeing this kind of trend in his game towards more of a of a great pass blocker and less of a of a great run blocker but he had a very good run i mean the biggest the most impressive thing about this game was our entire o-line was phenomenal at at run blocking at, at the very least good that includes, that includes my boy Terrence Steele. yes yes now he i'll, I'll say this and, and i'll i'll get into a few other players i didn't think he had a bad game overall um, but his pass blocking grade in PFF was not good, and I think it's because they—he didn't give up any sacks, he didn't give up any hits either. But he did give up some quick pressures, I think, and uh, Dak just got the ball out quickly. You but, know, there's a question. It's very subjective. How they weigh everything, too. I, I mean, I think it's generally if it's like a one and a half to two second pressure that's gonna that's gonna count more than like a cleanup sack yeah, but who and that decides how much counts how much how much each thing counts you know that's that's a yeah, subjective that's, thing and that's it is one a of subjective the flaws thing yeah you're right but and you know i think it's worth steel is factoring going to be in. a what i i think it's worth factoring into the overall equation there were a couple it things is. that i disagreed with of their grades and i'll get into some others but um, but like I said, I think it's worth worth factoring in because it, it does always make me like rethink like, well, I thought this and they're saying this. And usually I still agree with my original take, but I can kind of at least understand why they think differently. Well, I like Terrence Steele. I liked him when they really liked the fact that they got him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. And um, I think that he's going to, to be a, a a very good swing tackle with yep. the possibility of being a quality starter. Yeah. Um, I want to see Lyle Collins, but I'm extremely disappointed in Lyle Collins. Yeah. yeah that shows a lack of of lack of leadership from the top, which we've yeah. talked about. There's no reason he should have been suspended for five games. And I don't know, you know, I mean, it's very possible that this. That I don't know if they mentioned the substance that he got busted with, but. It's possible that he was using 
in order to come back from that injury sooner. So I, I don't. We don't know all the facts about that. But regardless, um, you, you can't get suspended for five games. Right. If it was one game. I would say okay, it's not that big of a deal. But five games at right tackle, considering the quality of player that he is, right. um, I'm not at all happy about that. The thing that bothers me most is your boy Gallup not being out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I miss not. I miss not seeing Gallup. But he's been healthy mm-hmm. up until this point in his career, and yeah. you know, I, I think that it was what, what disappointed me yesterday was. Well, first of all, let me give credit to uh, Kellen Moore for he, he's he's just being logical. He's yeah. he's attacking a team's weakness. He yes. the Chargers were not yes. a good run defense, and that the Bucks were worse at pass defense than run defense. And so he ran the ball, and he ran it absolutely, absolutely ran it down their throats. And that's credit to the offensive line and into the play calling and to uh, the running backs too, um, especially Tony Pollard. Now, I think we've got uh, – and and hats off to C.D. Lamb for, for coming back from a, a performance where he made too many mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, coming back yesterday, I think he had nine catches. I think he ran okay. one in for a touchdown. Um, so, didn't have a touchdown, but he, but he didn't have any drops. So yeah, he was yeah. he was solid. Right, and, and he led the team in receptions. Yeah, you know, yeah. almost ten receptions. I mean, he's got seventeen receptions already this year. Yeah. So you know, kudos to him. Um, I, I think that I think there's a question, and maybe you feel that this isn't a question, but I think there's a question at running back right now. I was definitely going to talk about that. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start with that. I, I mean, I can't say anything about yesterday was that much of a revelation. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, he rushed for, you know, he had a good game, but he he did what we've, both of us, I think, have been saying for the last couple years, pretty much every year but his rookie year, which is what he was getting what the defense gave him. And in this particular right. game, our O line was blocking their like crazy. We were probably, I think, we probably had the highest team run blocking grade in the league from PFF. Um, and and you know he did he did well. But Pollard, as he always does, he just makes people miss, and he gains yards every time after contact. He's just yeah. so much better that at that. Than Ezekiel He's more Elliott. powerful than he looks. I mean, yeah, he. I don't know what you would call it. He. He's. I mean, the guy he was compared to coming out of college, and and this seemed like a really, you know, lofty thing. But Alvin Kamara, I think that's a pretty accurate. If you watch how they play, Alvin Kamara does have some. I mean, Al, the main thing is Alvin Kamara gets more reps, and he he shows more kind of like blow your mind plays but Pollard has those too just in he has less reps to show it but I really think the future of this team is having you know those guys 1A and 1B Um, I I don't think it makes sense to even though I do think Pollard is the better running back at this point the, the only thing Zeke has going for him is he's a better pass blocker but that's a moot point with how how rare we use the running back in that capacity. 
Um, Zeke's maybe a, a slightly more sure-handed running back. I think you're splitting hairs there, but but Pollard is a much better runner. Maybe Zeke's a little more patient, but the way Pollard breaks tackles, it doesn't matter. And he's and he's faster too. He's faster, he's faster. more explosive, yeah, yeah. and That's you get the ball yeah, in his is. hands. However, and there's just the I don't know if you saw the play at the end of the half. We we were. We kind of got lucky, had the ball at midfield with two seconds, and rather than do a Hail Mary, we threw a little dump off to uh, CeeDee Lamb, and he actually ran it a good good bid, made it, made a couple guys miss, and then he lateraled yeah. it to Zeke. Saw it, yeah. You did see, yeah. And, and <laughs> the first thing I thought of is, if that was Pollard, maybe he scores on that. And, and I thought I was the only person, exactly. but all across Twitter, I was seeing other people say the same thing. Um, so, so no, I mean, Pollard, def- this was definitely a kind of breakout game for him, in, in my opinion. And I, I really hope they continue to get, I think he got 16 touches. I really hope they continue to give him that kind of workload. And, and, you know, the quote after the game that I saw was they, they asked Tony Pollard something along the lines of like, do you think you're you know the bell cow now or something or do you expect to get more carries and and he he you know did the politically correct answer which is you know we're riding the hot hand if Zeke was doing well I would but but no it, it's every year of his career he's been better at Zeke than Zeke at yards per carry after contact which is the most in, in my opinion and this is one stat that I I really like from PFF and and I think it Stats like these are more valuable than their, the grades, which are subjective. But the yards per carry after contact, that's not impacted by O-line or supporting cast or anything anything else. When you're on the same team and, you know, and, and Pollard's been not, not just better than Zeke, but better than pretty much anyone in the NFL, like Derrick Henry and, and uh, Nick Chubb are, are, I think, the only guys that are even close to his level in that regard. So, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't I don't want to bench Zeke, but I want a to see a 1A, 1B. And what I really want and what I, I thought was really great, and then we kind of, we did it once and then gave up on it, but I really want to see... Zeke and Pollard on the field at the same time in the red zone specifically because you could the, the the play call we ran I mean that was brilliant we had Pollard on on a speed sweep but you had the you can work so many things off of that you can you can run it up the middle you fake that you run it up the middle to Zeke you fake one you fake Zeke and then Dak takes it as an option Dak play action you know pass to one of the receivers like that for for a team that's really bad in the red zone and and I you know I don't want to rain on on the parade after the loss but we we did not do well in the red zone we started out good but you know we we ended with a pretty ugly um last possession in the red zone where Dak probably should have been intercepted one pass and then immediately after that was the play where he got strip sacked, and that was hundred percent on Tyrone Smith. But um, but Who yeah, it? Joey Bosa. No, no, it was I don't even know the name. I think it was, his number is fifty-two. Um, 
Joey Bosa is left end or right end? He was mostly left end this game. So he was going mainly against Terrence Steele. And um yeah, and he didn't he didn't really have a, a big impact. I, I, and that was surprising to me. And and um, I, I do credit the, the play calling and the play design, I think, it was a big part of it because it was I, I rewatched all of Dak's throws and it was a very conservative performance. Uh, the, the interception was the one really egregious play. But other than that, he was he was solid, but not not spectacular, not as good as he was the first game. It was a lot of yards after the catch. Um, but, you know, he made as far as throwing the ball, he was he was pretty solid and, and he made the yeah. big plays on the last drive. Where I, I have a problem is there were a couple decisions that I really I really think he, he messed up on. One kind of situational football, he was um so he started out in, in kind of not in the red zone, but at like the twenty nine yard line or you know, close in field goal range for sure. And it was second and five. The first play, he threw it way behind the line of scrimmage. And we took a four yard loss, which I think he could have had, he had some better options on that play, but not the end of the world. But the next play, he took a sack and that knocked us out of field goal range. And, you know, it was a good pass rush. They had a lot of guys coming through, but, but that was, that was one issue. Um, then I think he had a he had a delay of game penalty, but the big problem was at the very end of the game, um, we had the ball with 33 seconds left, um, and we had just completed a, a six yard out. It was great play call for that situation. You know, stop the clock, gain some yards yardage, and we were you know right outside field goal range. The play call was was dumb because we ran a jet sweep with Pollard, which we and we had one timeout. Um, but the follow up to that was was one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen. We've got one timeout. He probably gets tackled with twenty eight seconds left, and somehow we don't manage to do anything. We don't run a single play. We let the clock go down to two seconds, and we call timeout. And we settle for a 55-yard field goal, which, of course, Zerline made. So, And credit to him, making up for a bad week yeah. one performance. Uh, but, hopefully he's healthy and confident now. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, if that scenario boosts his confidence, then maybe it was worth it in the end. But, I mean, the, the fact that we didn't even – we didn't spike the ball, we didn't do any play – in that scenario was was one of the most ridiculously bad and and the the worst thing is Romo's calling the game and Romo toward the end of his career was one of the best in the business in that in those you know late late half late game scenarios and he was calling it out um but yeah and they, they said you know today that it was the clock they couldn't see the the play clock or the game clock on the stadium screen they which couldn't see the play clock yeah I, I you just have to have that clock in your head and, and you've at the very least spike it it's you know yeah. it's not like we were at least from what i remember it's not like we would have been in 
you know, even if it was third down, which it actually might have been, um, you know, it's it's fourth down, but you stop the clock. I mean, I don't know that 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 sequence was. But we had plenty of time to run another play. If we had gotten to the line of scrimmage and snapped it, we would have had probably fifteen seconds. Worst case, when we snapped the ball. Yeah. And then even if you catch it in bounds, it's an eight-second play, a, a really long play. You've got the timeout. So, um, yeah, that that was and, – and I I don't solely put that on deck, but definitely near and probably top of the list, him and Mike McCarthy, 1A, 1B on, on that. Um, uh, was Jason Garrett calling the plays by any chance? <laughs> Maybe he snuck oh, no, in for that busy. one. He's busy blowing it in New York. Yeah, tanking the Giants. They're, they're, I hate that. They're actually playing New Jersey. They're not that far from me. Yeah. The Jets, Jets and Giants are not far from me. They're in an hour. Yeah. Um, but um, they, uh, they they don't uh, acknowledge. They don't even acknowledge New Jersey. Um, yeah. But uh, I was yeah I was sorry to see the Giants lose. Um, yeah. The Redskins might not be quite as good as we thought they were going to be. No, no, I don't. I don't think. I mean, we'll see. Their, their defense is not going to be as good. That that's the big takeaway. I mean, Daniel Daniel Jones. I don't think he's as bad a quarterback as it seems, and and I definitely think Jason Garrett is a, is a part how of about, that. How about Mac Wilson on the Jets? What do you think? Oh, Andy? Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson. My my thing with Zach Wilson, it was hilarious to me watching his stat line um, because, you know, he's a rookie going against Bill Belichick. And that, you know, I've been I've followed pretty much all of Bill Belichick's career living in Massachusetts, and he just eats rookie quarterbacks alive. And this guy his his opening stat line was 0 for 1 with one interception then it was over two with two interceptions. Yes. And yes. then I think it progressed to like maybe he got to twelve passes before he threw his third interception. But yeah, and no, he he's didn't not have his full his full arsenal of wideouts. But yeah. still, yeah, I mean they they got they got trounced. Yeah, um, I don't think he'll know, be was... terrible. But the, that was a bad performance. Obviously, I I think it's going to be Trev what... Lawrence. Trev Lawrence doesn't seem like he's coming out of the gates hot either no and and i i feel like zach wilson's got a little more coaching help than lawrence i mean lawrence is urban meyer seems like he's not an nfl coach um whereas i think zach wilson i think it's more the talent but i i feel like the coaching staff is is pretty solid and and again it's belichick I, i honestly if i was in charge i would no matter who it is and the, what's the scenario, if it's he's a rookie and we're playing Belichick, I'm putting in the backup for that one game. Um, so I kind of throw this that performance out. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably I think Wilson is in a better situation than Trevor Lawrence for sure. Um, so. What, what, the one last thing I'll add on our defense before getting into the, the next team we're playing, the uh, Eagles. So I'll, I'll say this about Parsons. He was going against a pretty bad offensive tackle the, the whole time. If he can do it against the Eagles, then I'm, I'm 
ready to call him the next coming of, of Von Miller. Um, and, and I will say, like, he looked, I mean, he looked good. No matter how you slice it, he looked like he was putting moves together. It wasn't all just freak athleticism. Like, he looked like he had been working with DeMarcus Ware. Um, and and it was, and I was very surprised we got any, any pass rush. I, I will, I'll say this, I, my... I think on our podcast last week, I said that we would win by three points, 31-28, I think was my prediction. Once DeMarcus Lawrence was, you know, the injury came out, I, my thought process was like, okay, we're going to lose this game. Him and Randy Gregory, we're not going to have any pass rush. And then... After uh, it was announced that Mike Parsons was probably going to play defensive end, then I went back to still thinking it's going to be tough, but at least we have a chance. And really, he was the only consistent pass rusher. I will say, my guy Odigizua had a good game. Not not a super crazy game in pass rush, but solid in run. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 impressed impressed by him. He definitely I mean, earns to, his name. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And um, we're playing without three-fourths of our starting defensive line. Right, my right. Lord, Neville Gallimore isn't in there either. And I'm hoping for big for big things from him. I'm hoping he develops into a Russell Maryland-type mm-hmm. player. Um, how about the big boy? How did he do? The six-round tackle. Uh, I don't think he got a ton of snaps, and, and he wasn't – noticeable when he when he was in there um is it brett Brett urban doing the brunt of the work in there yeah he's doing he's he does the the, i I was talking to to tim about this he does what what pundits like brian broadis thought that nick hayden did he actually does like the grunt work um, and, and I think he does it well, but he's not going to really show up on the, the stat sheet. But you can see him, like, anchoring against two guys and, like, not making the play, but someone else makes it because he's not getting blown off the ball, you know, yeah. 10 yards like our guys last year. So right. I, I think he's doing doing his job. But like I said, he, he wasn't really standing out. Um, Odigizua, I think, was the the most impressive interior guy. Um, but the safeties really impressed me. And, and I got to, I got to say uh curse who I really ragged on when we signed him, he had a great game and he had a play that th- this was, this was a tough one. Cause there were definitely calls that worked in and against our favor. The Chargers had a touchdown Actually, I think two touchdowns called back because of penalties. One of them was a holding on Vanderesh. Well, are and, they foul? Not not on Vanderesh. Uh, no, well, Vanderesh was back. being held, so they called it back. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. I, he was being held. Okay. He was being held. It was. It was on replay. You could see why they called it. There was clearly tugging, or they clearly had their hand on it. But it was, right. it was a little debatable as to how hard, you know. And then I think the other one was like an illegal motion or something like that on the yeah, goal line. Yeah, it was, yeah. Which that was, I don't think they showed the replay, but that's pretty obvious call. 
But the the one that went against us that I was really upset about was Curse had an interception on Jared Cook. And on the replay, at least the angle that they showed, I thought he was in as good coverage as you could possibly be. And he batted the ball up in the air and then came down with it. I was so impressed by that, and I was pissed off after seeing the replay, after seeing him make the play. But that was still a great play. He also made some other good plays in coverage. He had a really nice pass rush where, and the guy's tall, he's 6'4", so he, he made it tough on on Herbert on that one pass rush getting right in his face. And the, the comparison, um, this is another one I'll steal from Tim, is Jalen Hur- or, or uh, J. Ron Curse is who Bill Parcells thought Pat Watkins was going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've got – this is with Donovan Wilson out, remember. So I will say no, – Malik- no, I didn't know Donovan Wilson was out. Yeah, yeah, he was. Malik Hooker didn't look great, but he's also coming back from an injury, so I'm not too worried What's about him. What's wrong with Donovan Wilson? Oh, I don't know. Not sure, um, but the bot—I mean, the bottom line is we have. I feel like we've got great depth, especially in comp- at safety. I think no matter how you slice it, we've got great depth right now because Casey looks good. Um, yeah. The interception he made this week was kind of right to him, but it was a—it was a hard-thrown ball. It wasn't a total gimme like the one Dak threw this week, uh, but. But he still he he caught it. It was it was a hard thrown ball, and he he made the play. He got the the forced fumble last week. Donovan Wilson's out with a groin injury. Um, so, and then we've still got Malik Cooker, who you, who you expect you know he came in late in camp. You'd expect him to get better as the season goes on. Well, let's let's backtrack for a second now. Now I got to start to wonder about something because in the summer Brian brought us said that our safety position was a, a quote, mess. <laughs> now, was that his, now, and we had everybody we do, we do now, except Malik Hooker, but Malik Hooker hasn't contributed, really. No. Okay? So, was Brian Broadus, was, was it really a mess, and that it turned around this much? Or was Brian Broadus just trying to warm up fans to the fact that Jerry Jones was about to sign Malik Hooker? Yeah, could be, or it could be he just he just whiffed on that one. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I will I say that bad. I will say coming into the season, I mean, curse to me is the one that's the biggest surprise. If you told yeah. me Casey is going to be fully healthy, you know, that's a good argument for him playing pretty well because he's been he's been solid his whole career when healthy. Same thing for for Hooker, but Curse has really no track record of success. Right. And special teams that, yeah, besides that good at that. besides on special teams, he, yeah. he played he played well with Minnesota in limited snaps, but never as a starter. So that that's the one that I could not have seen seen coming, and, and I'm really glad I'm I'm wrong on that. Um, the last thing I want to touch on, and this is definitely, I think, an extreme case of the 
initial impression from me and I think most Cowboys fans versus the PFF grading system. Uh, their, so their grades gave Anthony Brown, who I thought had a, a bad game. He, he, I think it was Mike Williams scored a touchdown where it was yeah. like a, it was one of the most pathetic tackle attempts I've ever seen. It, it should oh, have yeah, been a yeah, two yeah, yard loss or maybe, maybe a two yard gain. And it was a touchdown cause he whiffed and it was, it was pathetic to watch. And he also, he gave up a slant, um, you know, but mainly that touchdown made me think, okay, this guy needs to get off the field. They gave him a 75 grade for the game, which is pretty solid, not phenomenal. But um, on the other hand, Trayvon Diggs had a phenomenal interception. He had a gift last week that I don't really give him much credit for, but this is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. This was a tough route to defend, an over route on one of the best route runners in the in the game, and he forced that interception. That was that was not a, you know, like dumb decision. That's, you know, usually an easy route to complete. And and I was very impressed with that. He also had a pass deflection that was caught on a on a deep ball. And then he um the, the significant play that ended up being as a penalty, but he he popped Austin Eckler real hard on the on a uh, kind of wheel route, and he got a penalty on it for head to head contact, which he deserved. But it was it was a a good hit, and he actually knocked him out of the game for a few plays. But PFF gave him a forty six grade, and and I think. I really can't understand the Anthony Brown, no matter how much I try to think things from their standpoint. I think that the Trayvon Diggs, there were a couple big plays in zone coverage that I'm, I think they credited towards him, where it's not like you can tell, oh, this guy's man-to-man, he's clearly beaten. But uh, I can kind of understand it from that perspective. But, yeah, the Anthony Brown thing, I'm, I just... I don't buy it uh, unless it was all plays where like they could have thrown it to him and they didn't like, that you see on like the all 22. I, I'm not buying it. And and I still think despite the, those grades, as much as I like PFF, I still think Anthony Brown is, is trash and <laughs> needs to be, he, he reminds me of, and it was similar time of the season. He reminds me of how I felt about, Darian Thompson last year. Um, I, I feel like it's just a matter of time for the team to catch up to the fan perception on him. And um, yeah, I'm, uh, but but I thought Alan that was interesting. Ball. Yeah, at least Alan Ball could play multiple positions. Now that's that's just, uh, he's not quite that bad. But but yeah, he's he's definitely on the. He's definitely... And that's not a surprise. Yeah. No, we, we've been saying that all on probably every podcast we, we've talked yeah. about corner opposite no, Trayvon they, Diggs. Look, they, could have, they could have pretty easily spent the money and gotten a quality corner. They didn't want to do it. And what have the rookies added? You know, the second rounder hasn't even seen the field. He's on injured reserve. And the third rounder, what has he done? He hasn't gotten a, a shot yet. 
I, I will add this too. As much as I want to be positive, I, it was it was tough to see on the other side of the the, the field. A guy. Let me confirm this. I want to. I want to make sure I'm not. Um, we had a cornerback that I'm pretty certain, a rookie cornerback. I'm pretty certain we could have taken. Um, yeah, because Kel Kelvin Joseph was 44th. This guy went 47th, and. Uh, it's Asante Samuel Jr. and he yeah he he broke up a pass he broke up two pretty big passes on Amari Cooper I, I didn't see a whole lot good or bad from him outside of that um, and and I don't you know he didn't grade too well week one but I mean still starting week one and uh, and he was who it, it, I expected him to be he he's his dad's son, the exact same skill set. And, and really the only knock you had on him was that he's short. And if that's the only thing that you can, you can knock a player on Amari Cooper is a lot bigger than Asante Samuel jr, but he still broke up two passes. And the second one was a little iffy on the, on the contact. Um, but he didn't get the calls bottom line. That's in the books. That's a good coverage play. And, um, you know, so far ahead of, of Kelvin Joseph and and uh, third round, well, second and third rounder. Almost uh, said both their names, but no, that was that was frustrating to see because he seemed like the guy that was outside of the obvious names. He was the one who was clearly pro ready to me, and that we had a shot at in the second round. And, and I, I knew we had, there was no, he wasn't even on our radar cause he's not tall, but I think that's a flaw in your scheme. If you're eliminating players solely because of, you know, height for a cornerback, then, you know, I think your scheme is. Oh, faulty. sure. I mean, Aaron Glenn, uh, Darryl Antoine Green, Winfield. Yep. Yeah. Antoine Winfield. Yep. Yeah. Senior and junior, yeah. same same situation. Uh, you know, move it a year back where Antoine Winfield Jr. got undrafted lower than I think he should have, and he was a key piece to the Bucks Super Bowl run. He was breaking up passes and talking shit to Tyree Kill in the Super Bowl. Um, he's the exact same prospect as his dad, and teams downgraded him because of his his height. Um, so yeah, that was. Tough to watch, but no, I, I mean, unless these guys are bombing at practice, why not give one of these rookies a shot over yeah. Anthony Brown, who you know is not good? Um, Where, where's Maurice Kennedy in all this? Getting next to no snaps right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, my, my thing going into the season was I was afraid that that we wouldn't sit Jalen Smith and Vanderesh if they played really badly. And to their kind of credit, they've they've played better than last year. I, I can say that pretty confidently. And with Parsons playing defensive end, I, I don't have a big problem with them. And I will say Keanu Neal has not wowed me the way he has in the preseason. But 
it's still jury's still out on on those two how i'll feel about them um right now it's been a mixed bag and and i'd like to see a little more jabril cox because every chance he gets he seems to do do pretty well but now corner is is the position where i'm and and it doesn't even make sense because we haven't I mean, we paid Anthony Brown what like five million a year. It's not like he's paid, been paid that much. Like, why are you sticking with him this long? I, you know, it's still kind of early, um, but I would like to see. Uh, I, I'm surprised there. we haven't seen Maurice Kennedy yeah. after the preseason and training camp that he had. Well, he's he's only gotten snaps at slot corner, and yeah. not to say he he's not better than jordan lewis i'd rather have him than jordan lewis but if we're if we're focusing on anthony brown i don't think there's a very high chance we'd start him outside which again that might be a flaw in dan quinn's defense Uh, not wanting you know if, if you can play outside regardless of your height you know, it, it's a it's a skill set playing outside. It's not, and it's not specific to height. Some guys can do it even at a shorter stature, and some guys guys can't. It's it's you know painting with too broad of a stroke to think that oh you're this tall you're automatically a slot corner, um, in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, I think that that covers everything I had for for that last game. Um, Overall, you know, I'm glad we won and overcoming a lot of injuries is it's a tough team. The Chargers, I, I see as, you know, similar to us. It's why I thought it was a toss up. I see them as a eight to ten win team. Um, and and I that didn't really change my opinion of them. The team we're play, playing next week, uh, the Eagles. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, we've got them at home. We're, they're coming off a loss to the 49ers, and they lost a, a big piece, in my opinion, in uh, Brandon Graham. He's out for the season. So, yeah, they, their, their first game, you know, kind of came out of nowhere with the dominant performance against Atlanta. You know, right. it being Atlanta, who they got smoked again, but they're uh, you know Jalen Hurts played another pretty solid game actually against the 49ers. They didn't score much, but you know he he seemed to do fairly well. Um, how, what do you think of that the matchup? I, I know I think both of us had us had the Cowboys winning without a doubt when we were picking. Right. You know, in the off season, what are your thoughts now after seeing two weeks of Philly? Um, no, I'm gonna go, where this game is is it's being played in Dallas. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking that as well. And, and as crazy as it sounds, I feel like. We might be the best defense Jalen Hurts has faced. We're definitely better than Atlanta. I feel very confident saying that. 49ers, it's it's more definitely more debatable. And, you know, they got Joey, or not Joey, but the other Bosa, Nick Bosa, who the Eagles kind of shut down. 
And, and that's, again, that's why I'm really excited to see Mike Parsons because they've got good two good tackles. And if he can do what he did against them, then I'm, I'm more bought in. The one thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts is he holds on to the ball a lot longer than these first two quarterbacks. Brady gets the ball out crazy quick, and Herbert got it out quicker than I had anticipated. Um, Hurts, I think, will hold on to the ball in part because his O-line has been good. But I think there will be some opportunities, especially, you know, we've got Gregory back. I think both of those matchups, Gregory and Parsons against two strong offensive tackles, that that'll be a key to the game. If we can, if we get shut down, then I think he could put up points on us. And and they've got because they've got some players. Devonte Smith is is the real deal. I I really had no, I never thought he he wouldn't be a good receiver. It's just a question of is Hurts good enough to get him the ball? And I think if he's protected and and has a clean pocket, he can. But They've also got, you know, two tight ends, same as they've always had. Jalen Rager starting to get a little better, but I don't know. I'm not terrified of their of their weapons, but I am I am worried about them if we can't get any pressure. And they've got a, a strong O line. But defensively, it's kind of the same as, as they've always been. Their defensive line is still good, even with even with Brandon Graham gone, they've got um, get his name Har- Hargrave, Javon Hargrave, I think, who who had a really strong performance week one. They've still got Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, so their defensive line is going to be a good test for us for for our offensive line, and and I. I feel like this could be another, a little closer to the week one matchup of the yeah. Bucks than it was the week two. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna turn a little more to the pass game in this particular matchup. I think still outside of Darius Slay, they, they don't their corners don't really scare me much. Um, right. But yeah, I, I think. Overall, we're we're the better team, and I think I would say probably like thirty-one to twenty would be right. our our uh, my prediction for our victory margin. What do you think? I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty-two. Okay. Serious. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I think yeah. I think we can put put up some points against this team. I think Jalen Hurts um, has a way to go as a quarterback, yeah. and uh, I, they're not they're not a team that really they're not a team that scares me. You know, yeah. especially what the way we handled the Buccaneers. Yeah, you know. Um, but you know that being said, you know the jury's still out on this Cowboys team. Yeah, we'll see how they do. Um, we'll know by Thanksgiving. I always went. I think part, Bill Parcells used to say that, and I think it's true. So you don't really know until Thanksgiving just what a team is really all about. And it's pretty late in the year, but yeah. I think it gives you enough time to make a fair assessment. Um, 
but uh, based on what I'm seeing right now, yeah, I I agree with you. I'd go Cowboys 31, 20, and that's their first home game. Um, it's true. I'd like to see Donovan Wilson back in there. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Randy Gregory back in there if he brings a game. Yeah. I, I The one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye out, assuming we keep Parsons at defensive end, which personally... I'm all for that until, definitely until Demarcus Lawrence comes back. I'm I'm all for Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons because as high of a ceiling as Micah Parsons has at linebacker, in today's NFL, having an elite pass rusher, I think, trumps the best of the best at interior linebacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say does. that before. Yeah. Yeah. And uh but but him not being an interior linebacker, I am going to be looking if, if that's how we we play him again at defensive end and really not linebacker at all. If that's how we're playing him, I'm going to be very interested to see how we fare against Hurts as a runner. Because that was something we struggled with a lot last year was running quarterbacks. Um, it's something that I'll I'll fully admit Demarcus Lawrence was terrible at, um, at least well not not so much against Hertz but definitely against Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Um, but okay. yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if if we're go- going with Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith most of the time, which it seemed like we were with uh, you know with Parsons at defensive end. How do they do? And if if they're struggling, do we maybe play Jabril Cox, who has a little more juice and athleticism? It seems like that'll be something that I'm I'm right. keeping an eye out for. And and the Eagles are always a always a tight end heavy team. Zach Ertz yeah. and Dallas Goddard, so they're going to test our our safeties and our linebackers. And I, I'm feeling good about our safeties, but. You know, I want to see them continue to play at a at a high level, and and I, I, I mean, I think Van Der Esch and Smith definitely have something to prove, and yeah, that'll that'll be a couple things that I'm I'm keeping an eye out for. But but yeah, um, still one and one. I'm I'm glad we. I'm glad we we found a, a victory. I mean, this is a long season, 17 games, and I was, you know, for most of the week preparing for a loss. So the fact that we pulled it out with all these injuries is a uh, is a good thing. And and we've got we've definitely got a stretch of winnable games coming up. I will I'll say that some teams like the Panthers seem to be a little better than expected. Same with the Raiders, um, but. I'd still consider both of those winnable opponents without question. Um, if we can, if we can play at our peak, you know, almost beating Tampa Bay, beating them in your in your opinion, um, we can definitely play with anyone. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, thanks all for for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week to break down the Cowboys Eagles and uh, preview the our first matchup. division game. First division very, game. Very important. And I've got uh, my, I do a, a bet every year with Jesse, my friend who has been on the show before. And this year the bet is 
is uh, we've got to take a I've got to take a big or uh oh I uh, whoever's team loses has to take a big bite out of a Reaper pepper. So throughout the off season, I've felt pretty good about not being the losing end of that, and and I still feel pretty strong. But we'll we'll see if my mouth is still on fire and uh, having trouble talking. Then then uh, is you it know his the results. Brother, a Cowboys fan? No, no, he's an Eagles no. fan. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So a uh, lot riding on the line for this game, suffice to say. But uh, but yeah, we'll be back next uh, next week, probably a little later since it's a Monday night game. But uh, but yeah, until uh, till next time, we'll uh, sign off for this this week. Cowboys chat with Shap. All right. Time.